This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. There's a little bit of like a Napoleon complex with filmmakers. I think videos on the up and ups. I know as a planner, we're starting to look at photo and video budgets now as one, hmm. not separate. There is becoming a much more even balance between the importance of video and photo together. So we might see less of that yeah. Napoleon complex. <laughs> I understand that in our industry, yes is a good thing, but I'm also not looking at you to choose yes over expertise. If you yeah. yes me to death, I know you're actually not doing anything. That's what a pro is, is someone who's just willing to be like, well, yes, on all the things that make life easier, this is gonna make life harder for everybody. If you're going to provide anything, if it's something that's behind the scenes, that that vendor or that planner doesn't feel like they must share, that would be a great deliverable to help you kind of get in the door. Get ready for a hundred emails from uh, wedding filmmakers. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared, and we have another great episode for you today. We have Carrie Ketterer from Always Yours Events, uh, alongside my co-host and business partner, Jason McCutcheon, in the house. Jason, Carrie, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. Um, and Carrie, of course, is uh, one of our local friends, wedding planners that we've known for years at this point. And uh, we thought it would be awesome to have her on the show today to talk about things, uh, all things wedding planner and uh, the relationship between videographer and wedding planner and uh, just kind of catch up. It's the off season. So how are you doing, Carrie? Well, hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited. This it's good to see you in morning. person, like hanging out and not just on the phone all the time. Not on the phone <laughs> yeah. or with a different headset on yep, running yep. around at weddings. Uh, seriously. <laughs> we never, never get, running, always walking. That's right. That's right. I feel like the only time we really get to hang out is like talking on the phone before the wedding. Once the wedding actually comes, it's like everyone's off to the races and we're like... We'll see you soon, we'll I guess. We'll see you again <laughs> yeah. at the next one. I, I always feel like that with like vendor people, <clears throat> you know, especially in your area, like whatever local area, wherever you service, like the people who you're working with at these events are the only people who understand what you're going through. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I know. I know. And then we're sitting at vendor meal trying to catch up. For yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, Five minutes. Yeah. Yep. We think it's going to be like half an hour and then it ends up being like five minutes. Oh, they're doing the toast. Like, oh, okay. I know. You're like standing there at the, with your plate. Just like, yes. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Planners okay. don't even eat. We don't. No. Like, no. I don't even know how you guys like. I eat like have, one potato and yeah. keep going. <laughs> Live on power bars. That's it. I do. Yeah. I do. And that old habit, that dies hard because yeah. I just ate a power bar out there. <laughs> yeah. So for wedding videographers, we're kind of in the season now where we're like, hanging out, we're getting ready for the next year, we're wrapping up on projects maybe from like December. Mm -hmm. um, what is a wedding planner doing at this part of the year? We're in February, like getting ready for, you know, another great season. What what are wedding planners doing? Because you guys don't really have an off season, right? Mm -mm. No, it's just different seasons. Sure. So we are doing everything <laughs> right now. Um, so for me, I would say that the way that my company works is 
because we only have a certain number of clients per year, we're doing what I would consider the design work and the very deep dive into each and every event. So kind of as a, a wedding planner, right? You're working through this season of planning, design, right? You're, 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 you're making art, essentially. Like, how are you kind of like trying, describe the process of maybe trying to pull someone's personality into an event. This is a really good question. Very loaded, too, because I feel like I could go on and on about this forever. Um, I think the biggest thing for me as a planner and designer and my team is that we want every single wedding that we plan, design, and execute to feel true to the couple. Um, We oftentimes with our design plans, you know, the design plan that I create for every couple is unique. It takes upwards of about 40 hours to create it um, because it requires me getting to know them on such a deep level and understanding them on such a deep level. I think that the most important thing and the thing about my brand um, and something I'm always striving for is, is that I want it to be an experience for guests that only if you know the couple could you really truly understand the event to its fullest extent. Mm. So it's that's what makes it so intimate, right? You know, if you're a stranger and you show up to my client or our client, Lexi and Henry's wedding, you might not get it because you don't know them. And you might say it's an absolutely stunning event, but you aren't picking up on all of the small details every little thing from the flower types, knowing that Lexi's favorite flower is a white orchid, you know, to the specific types of candles and fluting that we're using in order to make things feel modern because they're a more modern couple. You know, there's there's this element of inviting the guests into this, this world and this sphere that we're creating that is truly representative of our client. And that requires a lot of work up front, such as, you know, we do a design questionnaire with our couples, but we ask them very specific questions that relate to who they are and where they get inspiration for their lives, where their style comes from, very much outside of the wedding world. We're not looking usually very much inside the wedding world for inspiration. Yes, we are here and there. We want to make sure that their wedding is representative of them and, you know, featuring all those things that they love about a wedding. But for the most part, we look for inspiration outside of them or outside of the wedding world, I should say. Mm -hmm. And in their Mm -hmm. lives, you know, we're asking them what they have on their coffee tables and their nightstands, what they have on their wine racks um, or like their mini bar carts or what their favorite restaurants are. Mostly just drinking. They're just mostly. What they're drinking. (laughs) No, um, but what their favorite restaurants are, their favorite destinations, what their dream home looks like, where they shop, what are, like, what is a piece of clothing that they're known for. Um, We find inspiration there. We go, sometimes when their restaurants are local, like, we will go have a meeting at that restaurant and try the food and say, what is it about this food that you love? Is there anything that we can take from here and channel it into the wedding menu? So, it's building the event around the client, not the other way around. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's, that's... Well, I feel like like this is the thing that I've always found is like every once in a while, like especially when you're getting into wedding filmmaking, like <clears throat> especially when you don't have a planner. 
mm-hmm. you don't have anyone doing that for you. No. Right. So you're if you're filmmaking, like you are relying on your own instincts, and like mm-hmm. that's the only way you get that information is either by doing all the stuff you're doing without a planner, right? Mm-hmm. Or you just get to have gut feeling, whatever. But what I love about working with a planner, especially a planner like you. Uh, we get to know the clients, I think, as much as they have time and mm-hmm. want to get to know us. I, I don't think we, we don't invest a – we're not taking them to dinner or any of that. Yeah. But I don't have to. <laughs> like, I don't have to because I know that, A, you're going to tell me or a planner I'm working with is going to tell me anything I need to know. They are extracting all that personal information from the couple. All I got to do is hit the high notes mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, and, like, use my eyes and, and listen. Yeah. And like, I think like so many people who are like, you ever have like a customer service experience where like, you're like, um, you get one person who picks up the phone and they go, hi, how are you, Carrie? Uh, can you give me your information, license number or whatever mm-hmm. phone? And then like, you're like, give it the next person passes you on. They ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like mm-hmm. time. how mm-hmm. pissed off does that make you? Like it makes me <laughs> so angry. And I just imagine a couple is like the same thing. Like they have like five meetings with five vendors and they're all being asked like, what yeah. inspires you? And how did you fall in love? And like all the same boring questions yep. mm-hmm. that they've already answered to the wedding planner. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you just go to the wedding planner, you make actually made their experience better and you can make just as personal totally. of a film. Mm-hmm. I, I love hopping on the phone like pre-wedding with a planner that we work with a lot. Um, and it's just like literally the conversation is like 15 minutes long mm-hmm. because it's like we, we just cut out the BS and get to like you're not doing sales anymore. Like mm-hmm. even even like mm-hmm. that pre-meeting, it's almost like a sales meeting. Like you're still like selling us is like we're going to be reliable. We're going to show up. We're going to do a good job for you. Um, we already get past that when mm-hmm. we're working with a planner that we work with a lot. And it's like. Hey, just tell, let's talk about the details. Let's let you get back to work. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, maybe some areas that we should be aware of. We have the schedule. I looked it over. It looks great. It's my one concern, two concerns, whatever. And we could just kind of get right to it. And and like you said, Jay, like getting right to um, uh, just all the details are funneled through one person. It makes the process so much easier. But it also makes – it doesn't make it less personal. And I think that's what's yeah. fascinating is like – Totally. The planner's totally. extracting all these personal de- details yeah. in a way that I never could um, and infusing it in everything. Yep. And so when I'm, as a filmmaker, I just go like, okay, I'll just trust Carrie. Yeah. Right? That's the goal. Yeah. And so, and so I love that because I think it's really interesting. We got to give, like, I think filmmakers oftentimes think that if they're not asking the questions or they're not, like, knowing something that they're not giving them a personal film. Yeah. But I'm like, if you're working with a planner, it's going to be a personal film if you shoot it well. Yeah. Just by definition. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you then. Yeah. So for the both of you, I ask this question a lot of photographers and videographers. I have a whole like thought process around it, but I want to know yours. How do you like it when you don't, really have the opportunity to talk to a client. There are some planners who just do not want any relationship between client and vendors, not for anything more than just it's a part of their service. And then there are other planners who would like you to have an established relationship, even if it's just, you know, an hour phone call just to get to know the client. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we'll take whatever people give us. Um, 
And it, it, I think it depends on the client. Like we want to be good listeners no matter what. So it's mm-hmm. like if I'm getting on the a call with someone and they're like, we have a vision, like that will be one client. And then other times co- clients are just like, we don't really have anything. Like we mainly just talk to the planner. Mm-hmm. I think both can really work and we can tell a good story either way. Um, I would say if people want to really run with us and like videography is like a really big deal, we can do it. Like, hey, they're giving us a green light. We can really dive into their story. And like, if people are looking for my ideas, we'll throw them at people. We'll be like, this is something that we can do. What do you think? And then we can have this conversation. I think we've worked with a lot of people that way. But then also some weddings are just like, they're like, we just want it shot really well. We don't want it to be necessarily like, this love story thing. We just want the event shot really well. We want to see our family. What we want you, to see like- Which do you prefer though, Jerry? People we love. Which do I prefer? Mm-hmm. I prefer telling probably a little bit more of a story. Mm-hmm. As an artist, as a creative, as a person who likes to take on challenges, I, I think- I will say like, yeah. you can't make as good of a film if you don't speak to the people. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, this is what I like, why I need to speak to someone if I, I don't need to speak to someone, but if, I need to speak to someone is if I know the expectation is I'm supposed to deliver a certain quality film and I don't know anything like about the person. Like if I talk to someone and I'm like, they're very articulate, I'm going to have a very different idea than if I talk to them like, yo, what's up? It's like, no offense to that guy, but I'm not going to be like, let's put them on. Let's do an interview. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, they're not going to shine mm-hmm. reading a love letter to their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so I think it depends on what you're making. And if you want a certain thing, you need to let the artists connect. That being said, I don't really actually care that much. Like I'll make whatever I'm being paid to make, especially if yeah. I'm being paid well. Um, the only thing I don't like like this I don't like is when someone doesn't want me to speak to them the day of. Ooh, mm-hmm. That annoys me mm-hmm. because you're putting like, it's like, well, come and get me. Like I've had a planner literally say, don't ask them where the dress is. Come and get me and I'll tell you where the dress is. I'm like, I want to shoot it now and you're not in the room and you're wasting my time. Yeah. And this is silly gatekeeping. It's, this is not like mm-hmm. this couple doesn't care. Like I'm establishing rapport with this person. Oh, is it ah. like I I need to be able to like connect with them the day of. Mm-hmm. And if you tell me ahead of time, like listen, like I would have no issue if a planner said these people are psychos. Don't speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> like do not speak to them the day of. I know it's tough, but they're they don't want it. You need that. You need that background. Yeah. So that yes. you can understand how to do your own job yes. effectively. But I think that a lot of times, some planners, they invent like they listen to one podcast by some planner, who told them that they should gatekeep couples, mm. and they just have this. It, it doesn't benefit the couple at all. Mm. Like, and and the couple doesn't care, and the couple is actually like. Oh yeah, no, it's over there. It's like, late. Did you hear this? She was not disturbed by me asking her where the dress was, like, or if I can touch the dress. And you, like, like I think this that annoys me. I don't like that when it's like, I think, and that relationship would be different with a a person that you worked with in the past versus someone you haven't worked with. A little past, bit. Probably. If they told me ahead of time, I yeah. would probably tell you behind your, their back though that lady's nuts. I don't want to work with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. Like, I don't like that. I didn't enjoy that experience. Like, it was, she embarrassed me in front of clients. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, like, and she made me inefficient. 
and I don't like that, and I made a worse film because of her. Correct. Like, I understand that. Yeah. I would be willing to do it, but it's like it's not fun when you do a bad job. You want to do a good job every time. And I think that's really the key is like everyone working together, knowing that everyone wants to do a good job and saying like what what are the conditions that you would like? Okay, here are the conditions that we have. Like all that's good. Like if you're professional, like you should be able to handle any condition. Like and that's really what I think. Yeah. My preference is speak to someone a very small amount. That's I actually really only want to talk to you for like 20 minutes as a couple. I don't want to have to talk to you for like actually I really don't like it Jared when like when planners are like can you get back on the phone with these people? Ugh. Why? Why do we have to keep talking? Like every once in a while, you have a couple you have to talk to like three times. Mm. Yeah, and so I don't necessarily mind getting on a phone call with people if they're like having genuine questions. Um, it's more like just to hop on the phone to like answer questions that should be emails. Like <laughs> that's probably the other thing. But you know, I think you know sometimes I think things are invented. And, and videographers are culprits of it too, of just like inventing tasks because they think they should be this talking is a couple, process. six times beforehand. And oh it's yeah, like that's that's what creative Most do. people, oh yeah, they're just like, well, I need to have my, I need to have my dinner creative juices them. meeting and you know, my dinner with them, the <laughs> candlelit dinner. And it's like, you're just inventing <laughs> all these things that d the couple doesn't even want and it doesn't really make that much of a better film. Um, that's really what it is for everybody. It's yeah. like, what is actually making this better for the couple? Yeah. yeah, it's like telling a better story. Is too. it a better story? Is it a better event? Is it a better photo? Is it like every so often I'm like, this isn't making it better. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah, like yeah. well, I'm probably and I so I have learned also that I I do live in a little bit of a bubble for with my own company and brand, right? Because I oftentimes. And thinking about my process and realizing that that's not the same. I mean, obviously, it's not the same process as everybody else. But, you know, if you are working at a certain sphere, certain level with clients, and you are doing a certain quality of event, typically as a planner, we're asking a lot of the questions or we're already sussing out all of those details and typically bringing to you the client after having evaluated if they're the right fit for your brand, if you're the right fit for their wedding. Yeah. So we've looked at it and we can tell you up front. Yes, you know, yeah. Typically, okay, so like this couple is amazing. We love them. Here are all the things that we're excited about for their wedding. Couple things. Groom's not really big into film and he's not really big into See, being, but that's the thing I always say is, Planners always say that, and I'm like, let me talk to them. <laughs> because, because, like, absolutely, here you go. <laughs> well, because the thing about it is, is like, those folks, this is where I would say the partnership extends is like, that filmmaker might know some tricks mm -hmm. to get that person to be more open. We've had tons yeah. of people who say, like, they don't want to do X, Y, and Z. Oh my God. And the fact that that is said and enforced the entire process. Mm -hmm. They're so psyched out about it yeah. that they think it's – and if we can, like, talk them down, maybe you don't do an interview. Maybe you're not, like, going off to the mountaintop and doing a separate session or any yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. But, like, the day of, at least they're not, like, I don't – please don't come in my room. Like, come yeah. in like, – like, that's all you're trying to avoid. As a photographer, uh, I love 
going on engagement shoots. I mean, any photographer will, would prefer to do an engagement shoot before mm-hmm. the wedding day just because of that reason. It's like you get the groom, every engagement shoot I do, I'm, I would say 90% of them, the groom at the end would go, well, that was actually a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed myself. And you're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I know. Like, it's fun. We're just hanging out. And then once the wedding day comes, they're like, Jared, bro hug. Like, yeah. how's the wife? How's the kid? How's the dog? Like, oh, this is what's going on in our life. It's just like you do loosen them up a lot. And so, you know, as a videographer, it's a little bit harder, I think, because you don't have that touch point where you're just chilling with them for a while. Um, but so we have I our own ways. That's yeah. the question that I went that I yeah. asked earlier is is like so I guess maybe that is the answer, right? Well, the answer so. is depending depending on what we're making. <laughs> like like if someone's paying me to just show up and document a just day, just lay it out there, Jason. Yeah. I, I don't really care. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like it's like I'm not gonna give them my heart and soul. If someone wants my best, and they want their client to get their best, they they would want to at least create some touch point because we know filmmaking and planners don't Mm -hmm. and so we could like think through like this like this like we're not going to force anything i will say this if you're a filmmaker and you have a process that's inflexible that you need to not do that right like you need to like be a good listener and like what the actual call would be hey let's talk about you know what what have you what do you like any wedding films what have you always wanted what is mm-hmm. you what do you want to be portrayed like in mm-hmm. for your kids mm-hmm. when you see your film like and then they might say something like oh we're going to go shoot like we did one over the summer we're going to go shoot um clay pigeons right so that's okay we're going to show up early for that and then i would tell the planner hey they told me that they're going to do clay pigeons we want to come early oh we didn't pay for that that's fine yeah. Like, I want to get that story. It's important to me. And I think, like, you just can't – planners are always trying to, like, not rip you off. Mm-hmm. And so yes. they don't want to push things on you. But Correct. we as a storyteller, I might go, like, if I cover that, I'm going to be able to charge $5,000 more next year. Well, I think that's also where our design plans come in mm-hmm. as planners. Um, you know, I know that – I know that mine are long. <laughs> are they long? Uh, <laughs> are they? Have you seen them? Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, I just maybe. don't remember. Like, are they long? I don't remember. Like your super like, long, like the day of. Yeah, thing? maybe we eighty just, pages. Oh, really? geez, really? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Maybe I haven't seen one of your long, long ones. I mean, maybe we're I custom. Skip ahead to the <laughs> like the planners. You're not looking at the links I said. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll probably send you. <laughs> we we mostly look at like the schedule. Um, schedule they're and then in the production timeline at the top they're linked at the top the thing i love that planners do is send us the layout the of layout like of the tables the tablescapes <laughs> i Chef's love kiss. that because then we can actually sit down and be like this is our angles for oh, i love that that's something people have recently done i'm just like i should have brought God. one with yeah me i know we print them out for our couple yeah yeah like a binder I love it. um but i think that the the design plans yeah. often could be very insightful um, for all of our vendors, but especially our photo and video teams, because within ours, we'll discuss what the experiences are leading mm-hmm. up to it, yeah. um, things that we're doing that will take place. So an example will be, um, Jason, when we're down in Sea Island for Darcy and Matt, you know, we're going to have quite a few events leading up to the day, and those are outlined within our design plans so that you can see. And that could maybe help you suss out whether or not 100%. that is something yeah. you want to capture, even if it's not something that's included. It may be like, I need this for the story. Yep. It doesn't make sense if we don't have it in the story. So 
this changes how I'm going to produce. 100%. I guess like I always go to that Euro Dreams of Sushi movie and he always says like, if you want to make good food, you have to eat good food. Mm -hmm. And I always think like, what is your creative palette, right? Like, mm -hmm. can you discern from style someone's personality? If you can't, I would say add that to your like creative toolbox as a creative. Like, can I just look at your clothing? Can I look at the movies you like? Can I look at the food you picked? Like if someone, I like food, right? If somebody's picking just chicken and risotto, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's delicious. But like <laughs> versus like some really eclectic menu, mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, hmm, maybe this person's a little more hip. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they're a little more with it. Maybe I can pick a more creative song. Mm -hmm. Like like they're doing like balsamic watermelon reduction in a weird flute or something. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I think like that's when the synergy between planning mm -hmm. an event and event and storytelling come is like, you got to put a little work into it, though, as a filmmaker. You can't ignore your planner. Well, I think that's, like, a really, really great point, and that's how I feel about photo and video, but specifically video. I'm telling a story a certain way. Mm -hmm. You're retelling the story again. Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel. I know some people would not like hearing that, but I think that is the no, actual. No, but that is yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And honestly, if if – the story that I was telling doesn't match the story you told, something went wrong. Yeah. Well, and you're not going to hire us again. Well, yeah, that's... <laughs> bye. Yeah. We'll try again in a couple of yeah. years. Um, but no, like, that's probably one of the biggest things. And that's why, you know, my, my whole thought process behind videography and cinematography is that I'm really looking for, did this story get told the way that we planned mm -hmm. and presented it. And so I think it does require you to have the full picture because I'm not quite sure how you would otherwise. Because again, remember what maybe I, I alluded to in the beginning, especially for my weddings, I feel as though how we're presenting it is, is it has an intimacy about it because the guests who are attending would get it because it is so personal you don't necessarily know the couple, so you might not understand it. So you have to come on the ride with us just as much through our documentation, through our design plans, through our conversations. I think maybe it's very important for us. I mean, I know this. I shouldn't even say I think. I know it's very important that we're constantly having our conversations behind the scenes about what's going on, what the event's like, you know, that's why we had like a three hour long conversation well, about our May event coming well, okay. up. Okay, <laughs> well that's the thing, let's just kind of zoom in a little because I think this will be helpful to people. Like, I say this a lot, my planners are my actual clients. Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm downstream from their vision, right? Mm -hmm. And I trust that a high-end planner is getting good information that like, they're not gonna like screw up and like give me information that's garbage and it's, like mess me up. I, I guess I can't speak towards all markets and all planners, but my relationships. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, essentially we have these events, right? And it's pretty normal for me or Jared to get just a call directly from a wedding planner. Um, and they will just say, hey, I need you for these three days. Mm -hmm. Can you come to this thing? Yeah, these two, meh, 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 whatever. We'll talk about those later. Here's what I want to talk about. For this X reason, let's talk. And then it's like, here's my vision. And I'm like, well, what if we did this? And what if we, we could try that? Or oh, I want you to cover it this way. Could you do that 
I could if we did this, maybe we have to add a shooter. And like all the conversations that come into it are all about like, they have a certain way that they want the film to be portrayed. It's not them. I actually don't believe it's their opinion. Mm-hmm. I think what they're doing is they're doing all this legwork and they're saying, this will make the couple happy. Mm, yeah. So I, I, I think yeah. like, I guess my question with all this rambling is like, okay, you trust us. Mm-hmm. Like how does a filmmaker establish trust with a wedding planner? Because I think, I think that's what people are like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I want to start working with wedding planners. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're a high-end planner. Like, would you consider yourself a luxury planner? It's funny though, because well, we could get into this all day. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a whole topic. I think that there's, if you're a luxury planner, but you're saying I'm luxury, luxury, like everywhere, then you're not. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you're using that term as. Well, how do you define luxury? Is it a price, like a percentage of the market <laughs> or is it a. I think it's a, I think it's both. I think it's a percentage of the market, but I also think it's to the point in which the wedding becomes an experience that is incredibly high touch and focused on the guests and focused on telling a story which requires so many more vendors, so much more attention to detail. It requires a planner who only takes on a certain number of weddings a year because they're going to take that time to focus on you and what it's going to take in order to create this once in a lifetime experience that happens once and then it's gone forever, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And it's I not think, happening again at the venue the next No, week. it's <laughs> yeah. not. I it's mean, supposed yeah. to be the best event of their life. Yes. It's supposed to be the best event of yeah. their life that they will actually, there's like a bittersweetness when it's over, right? Because it's this happiest day, happiest moment. You could live in it forever, but you can't. I've heard it defined as, Anything over like eighteen hundred dollars per guest. Um, I, think, I don't know if that's actually true. I think you could define it as that. Um, I mean, that's our like starting threshold. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're most luxury I've heard like a lot of them are like three thousand dollars a guest. Yeah. So I would say like that would be our starting, and then it would it would go up, um, especially with private estate intended because that's quite it for us. It's construction. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it's a it's it's building, so it requires so much more, and it requires. Is there ever so a time where you're like wearing overalls and like? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys! I yes, I have stories and like scenes, photos of me where I'm like that can never see the light of day. <laughs> I was gonna say I haven't seen that TikTok or no. Instagram story. Yeah, <laughs> no, there are certain things that stay hidden forever. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely, I, I see it. Very different. I don't know. I think the luxury sphere, it's it's a question. Yes, I think there's a threshold, a dollar amount. But then I also think we're talking about the level of the number of vendors that are coming yes, in. Yes, yeah. That, you know? That's to me what it is, is all about like, I've seen this a lot, Jared. It's like, <clears throat> well, I'll be like, well, why didn't this person do it at this wedding? And the, I'll talk to the wedding filmmaker and they're like, well, who's that? Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they're like they'll be like, oh, the DJs did this. I'm like, our DJs are awesome. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all awesome. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like I'm like DJ. Well, they were. We have our saxophone and trumpet player. We're right. like, like, like. It's like that was eight people to do the job mm-hmm. of one person. Yeah, you know, and it's like that happens throughout the luxury event. It's every single thing is curated. They'll be like, oh, we're bringing in this churro vendor. Yeah, this is exactly it. It's it's one of these. It's. 
it's very hard to define it, but if you wanted to use numbers, okay, fine, $1,800 plus, you know, is our threshold upwards, yes, luxury events. It also can be, you know, there's there's 25 to 30 vendors on this Mm -hmm. event. And it's because the level of the event is we don't want our guests to want for anything. We want them to immerse themselves in this experience. We want the level of hospitality to be there. We want, you know, we, we don't want anyone driving to the event. There's That's car just luxury, service for everyone. Luxury yeah. in general is like if you stay at a Four Seasons or a Rosewood yeah. or like, That's true. Um, like we're every time I stay in those hotels, there'll be like th- less rooms. Mm-hmm. Maybe like breakfast will have four people. And there'll be eight people on the floor serving breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like two for two people for every one, and like it's mm-hmm. a totally different experience than like one person coming out and putting eggs in the econo lodge. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're sitting there for like thirty minutes. When are the eggs gonna come out? Like, mm-hmm. and like it doesn't well, even like when you arrive at the airport and you're going to the Rosewood. They're like, when are you getting there? Okay. And then someone has your name as soon as you arrive. That's and then all you, you go have into to do a is private check-in area at the airport yeah. where they yes. give you water, and then you get in their Tesla and go to their hotel. Yes, right. yes. Well, we have a. I think of this like when these services are included. This is what I feel is luxury. We have a yeah. wedding that we're doing in May, and we have in the women's restroom. We have like a hair and makeup artist that's going to be there touching up. That's awesome. If anybody, <laughs> if anyone wants touch-ups, because. We have a glam booth, right? We have a photo booth there. We know that they're going to be in that, and they're going to be checking to make sure that they look great. So we're going to have professional hair and makeup artists in the restroom, giving them touch-ups if they want. And then also for the sake of their attire is, like, I mean, they're dressing to impress. It's a black tie event. So they want to look good all night long. So, And it's a long night, too. Yeah. Well, it's good (laughs) storytelling is what we're all talking about. It's Mm -hmm. like... Every you were at Wed right a couple mm, years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Honestly, a, like I forget his name, the blonde-haired guy with the blue coat. Oh, <laughs> Wed, yes, okay. um, with Natalie and Mora. Yeah. I was not at Wed. Okay. I was actually out of town. Oh, so okay. there was some guy who talked who I'm supposed to know. It probably is a big deal to planners, but he wrote a book, and he talked about um, every time someone transitions in an event have an experience and it doesn't have to be a big experience it could be like oh we have a box of strawberries from their childhood when you're walking to a new space and i think like that has always stuck with me and i look for it now whenever i go to because i like luxury hotels and anytime i go to a hotel i'm like this is the playbook right like you go to the rosewood in mayakoba Mm -hmm. you get there and the check-in happens on a boat Mm-hmm. So that you walk in, you don't stop for one second. You get out of your car, they grab your stuff, you walk immediately in through the lobby and sit in a boat, and they give you drinks, and they give you food, and you sign like one little tiny thing, and then the butler is waiting for you. Yeah. And you're, and then you get to your room, and he's like, "I'll put all your stuff away," and he puts all your stuff away, and you immediately get out of the car changing your bathing suit, and you're at the beach within five minutes of arriving at the hotel. And I was like. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's obviously not real life, right? No, right. Not for Vacation. me at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for me at least. But, but I think like, and so be like, oh, these rich people expect it. They don't really expect it. And I think that's what storytelling is: is can I deliver unexpected moments? Like that's what I want to do with my films. Is I want like a person to be like, 
oh, wow, this is way cooler than I even remember. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a good planner does, too, is like they're giving you elements of surprise mm-hmm. throughout the entire day. And it's delivering the unexpected yes. in that experience. And I think yes. we're a team on that. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, um, yeah, when you are at a luxury event, it's almost like it's a surreal experience that is just pulling people out of the normal like day-to-day experience. Mm-hmm. It can be on a vacation or at an event. It's like we say it all the time on the, the podcast is like, we are creating an idealized version of a bride and a groom when we present them on video. It's like this surreal experience and this world that's been created Mm -hmm. and an idealized version of themselves. And that's the memory that they're gonna pass on. That's the story that we're trying to tell. It's still them, it's still very much them. It's still the things that are very important to them, but it's just kind of like an idealized version, this crazy world that's been created. Um, and that to me is luxury. Like that is the world of luxury, right? Yeah. And there is like a, the reason the dollar amount matters is because like you could have an 80 person event that right. has a smaller total budget, but the per, per person event is still like two, the per person cost is still like 250. Yeah. Well, it would, yeah, the per person cost would actually go up. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Potentially. It's. So like looking costs. at total budget isn't the only way to look at it. You need no. to look at per person cost more than total budget. Cause that's really what defines like if there's 20 people there and you're spending $20,000 a person, that's a luxury event. Yeah. Per, per person cost and then also the level of the experience. I think mm. it's, there's like a formula I'm developing in my mind right yeah, now. Yeah, so I like it's, that. It's, you know, it's the, there is a threshold, then it's the level of services. Also think about the region you're in, mm-hmm. um, you know, off air, Jared and I were talking about, you go to Italy and you have a wedding there. You, if you're actually using the vendors who are from, Italy, you are your dollar is going to go further because the services there are not as necessarily expensive as they might be here. You could still have a luxury wedding there. The threshold might be lower if you're using all of those vendors from there and still having a luxury experience. So I think I think there's a lot that goes into it um, to define the difference between high end and luxury. And then there's ultra luxury. <laughs> Yeah. We don't have to go there. Well, but <laughs> I, I don't think I ever will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think there's enough room in the luxury and the high-end market. Quite, I think there's quite enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so too. And I tell everybody, I said like, you know, like I don't think everyone, like some areas of the country don't really have luxury events mm-hmm. consistently. They like, they every so often, I was talking to my friend who lives in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, there are big events. Mm-hmm. But it's like I always tell people, I'm like, you could roll out of bed on a on a Saturday in Newport and hit ten quarter oh, yes. million dollar events. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. like probably the barrier to entry there is minimum 150k in Newport. Probably, yeah. At this point, probably the barrier. Minimum, like, and yeah. so like, and then you know, every place is booked every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like and so like Friday, Saturday, even, Sunday. It might be even higher now. It might yeah. be higher. You yeah. never, I, you never know. I don't it is 2023. Do a ton in Newport outside of tents. We mostly do all tents in Newport, and yeah. they're never. They're always full. Well, I think it's yeah, like yeah. because it's tent. Yeah, like show up price at some of those places is like 65k just to like start the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be on the and, grass. And, and like so anyway, like I know in our market we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Because we have access to basically three or four high-end markets, mm-hmm. like in one little micro market. Like yeah, New England is special like that. We're in. We have different markets. We also. I think it's just special because we have different 
areas with very different landscapes. Mm -hmm. And for me, being in the tented wedding world, it's great because I can be in the mountains, I could be on a lake, I could be at a beach, I can be in a backyard, I can be in a forest. What's I, your what's your what's your preference? Do you like just the variety or do you of tenting? Where yeah, yeah. I like the variety, but I do I really love like a lakeside mountainside event. Um, and I do in the south, I love where where we're going to be in Georgia, but um like the Spanish moss covered yeah. oak areas on marshland. Beautiful. It, that's really special. Yeah. I would agree. Easy to photograph. So let's go back to my question that I ignored. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that back. Yeah, too. why don't you like <laughs> what are you looking for in like a creative partner on a wedding day? Because we we're talking about like, you know, what makes someone basically helping you realize the vision, right? So what are you looking for? Like what like mm. why do you like working with us is really what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, but well, what, what creates trust? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what creates trust. So there are a few things that I look for in every vendor that we work with. And typically the first thing is, is that I'm very much looking to see if you're going to deliver what you said you were going to within a timely manner. And you're going to um, basically everything that you say is going to come to life. Um and I don't mean things that are out of your control. I mean your deliverables and and our phone calls. If we have a certain number of phone calls or whatever it is, we're hitting on those. Um, so that's just kind of the foundation. But then I'm also looking for what I always reference as like a can-do spirit. And that is, is that you're going to remember that this is what is supposed to be the most exciting and happiest day of this couple's time together their lives together and that that's up front like that's first and foremost for me you know I want to see it that if on the day it starts I hate to say it this way but if it starts pouring rain and the rain is going to affect our tent and we're all hands on deck trying to pull the sides down this has never happened before by the way <laughs> But I'm I'm looking and I'm seeing that you guys are helping too because you are seeing it for the bigger picture yes. that it is and you care enough to participate as a team player. And I think that that's something that it comes to life after working together. You know, there that takes a little bit of time of working together. Um, but up front, I can see that through, you know, if exactly what you're saying, you know, we were talking about earlier is – you're saying, Carrie, I looked through your design plan, and I have to be honest, there are a couple of parts that we're not covering, but I'd really like to be there because I think that they tell the story and they capture the vision. You're going that extra step for me, and you're in what I like would consider you're at my blind side, right? Like mm. you've got my blind side. Yeah. If I don't – I'm trying to keep my client on target budget. I'm trying to fulfill everything that we need to get – if I have room down the road to add on services, I will. But I'm also looking at my vendors to actually be partners and say, looking at this as a whole, here's my recommendation. I've done the work. I've I've looked through everything, and I feel that this would benefit your client, mm -hmm. and this would make it a better film. <laughs> this would make it a better experience. And I, I think, like, that's what it means to work with the team is, like, 
you're just kind of flowing together and you're like listening and you know their goals and you're not just thinking about your goals. Yeah, Yeah, that's just that team player mentality and that I am looking at this as a whole. I do understand what we're trying to achieve and I'm going to work with you in like towards that. It's yes, I have you might have your own goals, but the most important ones are that of our couple yeah. and where we need their event to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I found by the way, sorry, like that if you explain why you need something yeah. to a planner, they don't like be like that's stupid. Yeah. They no, might say like this is important. They might say something like, well, don't do that, but what about this? And you can you can come to a solution. So right. like that's why you have to actually talk to people like you trust them. You can't just like and then yeah. walk away. Don't yes me to death either. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. yes me to death, I know you're actually not doing anything. You're just saying do whatever to make her happy, which I understand that in our industry and like a in this particular side of the industry, yes is a good thing. You want to be amenable, you want to be I get that, but I'm also not looking at you to choose yes over expertise. Yeah, I was saying an expert would never say yes no. about everything. Right. An expert would say That's what a pro is. Is okay. someone who's just willing to be like, well, yes, on all the things that make life easier, this is gonna make life harder from my perspective. So for, for everybody. So I'm gonna give you my professional opinion and you know, this might be like I said, your blind side that you're not maybe seeing, but it's just a matter of being a good teammate. That is a, being a good teammate is not being a yes person all the time. That's being a terrible teammate and a terrible employee. We talk about it like with our staff, like if someone is like, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. We're like, he doesn't get it. No, <laughs> I always he say, I'm like, that guy, that guy says yes too much. And literally he'll come back. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. some people that we love dearly. We're like, don't just yes me to death. I know you're going to come back in five minutes and ask me this question. Like, yes, uh, so yeah, that kind of person is, uh, yeah, don't be a yes person all the time. Well, and just like, if you don't work with planners, know that they, most planners, there are planners that are not this way, but most planners that are like you want to work with want you to tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Like they, they, they want you to be polite. They want to be professional. They don't want you to bring uh, – the number one thing I've seen with planners, they don't want you to bring negative energy. Yeah. No, please they, do not. Well, they don't let, want let you me, to – Let me ask you, Carrie, because I think we've all been in the industry for long enough that we've dealt with certain types of people that are uh, maybe challenging to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> photographers – this is a videographer podcast, so t- talking shit about photographers would – you know, fits right into this it's place. Brand. It's on brand. Uh, we love photographers, but but you know, and we actually yes, we we, all, we oftentimes talk about uh, to photographers about just or to videographers about like being a good teammate. But we have worked with challenging people, no matter who it might be in the process. So, would you rather work with someone who is like supremely talented, is like the best photographer, band, whoever in the industry? Um, or, but they're also probably pretty difficult to work with, or would you rather work with someone who is very talented, maybe 90% of that talent, but is just so easy to work with, makes a good teammate, et cetera? Jared. <laughs> just, he hires us. You know the, the answer. The, yeah. la- <laughs> the latter. I, yeah, so to answer your question, the latter, yeah. because at the end of the day, there are a few things that 
if you present this to me as a vendor, you'll work with me once and that'll be it. It'll yeah. be over. We won't work again. And that is we, his... we had a conversation about she actually never told me the person, but she said there was one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think it's a, it's an important question because a lot of a lot of young filmmakers coming up think if I can just become this talented and make this wedding film, then I will be hired. I'll make the money that I want. And we're always like, that is one aspect. Of course, make the best film you can, but not at the expense of, you know, costing your relationships, the right? Relationship. Like, and, and I think a lot of filmmakers, especially, we have a bad, you know, MO when it comes to getting in the way, becoming obnoxious, asking the we're, wrong questions. Wearing shorts to weddings. Wearing, you know, yeah, wearing Goodness, the sweatpants you to, you know, the. If the, you walked on with shorts, um, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> It's done on the site. <laughs> you you would be over like yeah. They I I think there's a little bit of like a Napoleon complex with filmmakers because yeah. we work one of the hardest of anyone, especially on the day of. But even like of course we're gonna say that on the, the wedding film um, school show. <laughs> well, no, it's compared to like a florist does a lot of work, but like you know, a film could take like forty to five hours, mm-hmm. right? And you're getting paid way less than everyone else commiserate per hour. Mm-hmm. Like, like your per hour pay of is maybe minus like the servers and people like that is one of the lowest of the, of the day. Mm-hmm. And you're the thing they're going to watch for their whole life. Yeah. I think, there's and I think they just kind of have like a, like a, they're, People are bitter about it, and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't get bitter. But. Yeah, I think you can't be bitter though, because if yeah. you're taking on that, if if you're going to be doing this job there has to be a sense of passion for Mm -hmm. it and love for it that trumps the dollar amount that's coming in i would agree and i also think you're on the front end of the industry Mm -hmm. like the industry's not mature right i yeah i would also say i think video is on the up and up so i do think i know as a planner something that a couple of my really good friends and i have been chatting about within the industry is that we're starting to look at photo and video budgets now as one, hmm. not separate. Yep. Because there is becoming a much more even balance between the importance of video and photo together. Um, so rather than saying, okay, we have this much for photo and this much for video, and there being a huge gap between those two rates, we're starting to look at it as in you have, let's just use it, like, let's just say you have. $35,000 for photo and video. However we want to use that, we can use that. Yeah. But we need to determine how important video is, how important photo is. And once we kind of understand, you know, the importance, let's start to dive into who's going to be the best photographer and who's yeah. going to be the best videographer based on your prioritization. Right. Um, I think that's going to be how we're going to be moving forward. So we might see less of that yeah. Napoleon complex. <laughs> well, you, I think I think at the bottom, when you're doing B2C sales, it's different. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole thing is like B2B, like that's how I consider like pl- the planner market is B2B, right? And it's a way better market. You should, you should yeah. try it if you're listening. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I will say you have to be able to provide real value at the top of that yes. market. You have to be mm-hmm. able to – I know so much about wedding planning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, this is how much they should be spending per person. Like, mm-hmm. like the amount of information I know about the market and about what that person is experiencing is why I get paid more than you. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, like, because mm-hmm. I did that work 
and I spend that time. And if you expect to be able to connect, like you don't have to do that. I'm sure there are some uniquely talented people that are just so stinking good. They just roll out of bed and make great $50,000 wedding films. But like, but a lot of us have to like actually present value to the planner in a very explicit way. Mm-hmm. They have to know like, like, Hey, I'm going to get you a reel in three days. I love a reel in three days. And I <laughs> and I have to be honest with you, also when it's a reel that has like, really good content to it, I get even more excited about yeah. it. Sure. Like, like I'm talking like an interaction or, you know, a reveal or something along those lines that just within like 15 seconds, somebody's watching it again because it's just that like captivating. So... I have to say I love the reels, but only if it's something great. Like if you give me something and I'm like, mm, it's okay. Like yeah. it's it's not going to do anything. It's not going to get the client excited because I don't know. It's just like her opening an envelope, but nothing happens. Yeah. It's no one well. Cares. Let me ask you this because this is this is kind of a new. Uh, it's not new. It's been around for a while. Reels, right? We're all mm-hmm. having to do that. Um, but as a planner it's probably a different reel than what we would want to put out as a wedding film company. I call it planner porn. Yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> it, 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 do you think there's a difference that planners want to see in their reels than, than what we would put out? I would probably say like mm-hmm. something I would put out would include a lot more couples, maybe some of the vows. Do you feel like you like as a planner seeing much more of your detail stuff that you can actually use and promote for your next job? Yeah. So I think it's both. Yeah. I think that I, this is my philosophy. This may not be other planners' philosophy. So I don't know if you could use it across the board. But in the beginning, when the wedding is fresh, because I'm usually sharing behind the scenes leading up to the day, it's very often times that I'm being very careful about how much we're putting out because we want our couple's guests to experience it for the first time in a big reveal. We don't want them seeing too much or whatnot. By the time we get to the wedding day and then the day after that, we're exhausted. So then to think about putting out video of the details, all the details that we shot behind the scenes that we haven't shared yet, it can be daunting, honestly, because I'm like, okay, I actually need to go take care of their brunch. I don't really have time to focus on this right now. So then Monday rolls around. And now you actually have quality content, not my iPhone videos. You actually have quality content of the details that we didn't share because we didn't want our guests to see right. beforehand. So at that point- Well, the point, guests might have never seen the room actually fully put together. They might not because right. they might be the last people in. Right. You know, if they're Many a, of them, most of them actually didn't. They didn't. Yeah. So for me, if I'm getting a reel within 48 hours, yes. I am probably the most excited about the details because it's the thing that the people who didn't attend the event want to see. So right away, that's the first thing that I'm like, yes, I would love detail shots of the room. And then if you give me another one, then I want it to be primarily the couple Mm -hmm. and like their interactions or a moment shared between them or them coming down the aisle and the rose petal toss or a reveal of the t- whatever it is that's very focused on them. So I will say like with our concierge program, we, we try to provide reels and content for our planners that 
because we know that's how we get our next client. Like if I help them to succeed in their marketing, and so I'm really part of, because I have a marketing background, I always think in terms of brand voice mm -hmm. and like, what is their brand voice? How do they want to be perceived as the figurehead? Mm -hmm. how, what, is, what looks good on their feed? Mm -hmm. What color grade is going to work on their feed? Mm -hmm. What kind of music do they, goes with their brand? And in you, you're like, well, I don't want to be seen as like all about me. You well, because my brand is always yours. So yes. it would not make sense for all the reels to be focused on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll, it, you'll be like, I don't mind if I'm in there like once, but in general, like, let's focus on the couple, let's focus on this. And it's like, so I'm doing the legwork to try to understand what's gonna work. We don't make our film for that. We make their film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's important. If you are really trying to be a good partner to wedding planners is like to understand their brand language and how they communicate to their couples and like even you're you're still thinking about the people who attended the event mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. something like this like do not release a reel without a planner's permission oh my god please do not because you know for example i there have been times where we'll have a client that my clients get married at private homes. Mm -hmm. There are moments where there are parts of their homes that is just for them. Yep. That is not for everybody else. They don't want everyone to see what the inside of their home necessarily looks like. It can be in their personal video, but probably not a reel that goes out and gets watched however many times. So that's very important to me. Um, and I think that I love that you guys do that. Like for me, tent reveals where I have a genuine interaction with my clients in a tent reveal, that is something that if there's anything of me, I would that's, that's it, something yeah. I love. But otherwise, I'm very focused when you guys produce reels on them, on the couple and the details because at the end of the day, like my brand is saying that like we've gotten to know our couple so well that we've created this world for you to live in for a day and we want everyone to see that it it all goes back to you yeah. well so, you might even like mess up the marketing like if you were not talking to the planner yeah mm -hmm. if like, you, they might be like oh we're going to be submitting this to brides and like you're kind of like screwing it up like we yeah. should all be releasing at the same time like what mm -hmm. are you doing like you, you got to have conversations with people about yeah. that stuff. So the, This kind of topic of social media kind of leads into the discussion of um, NDAs too, right? <laughs> like, And this is something that we've kind of had to rebuild um, because we ran into the issue of like, we work with this awesome planner. She does this amazing event. Events that like I've never seen anything uh, of the likes of it before. And then it's like, well, they have an NDA. We can't even give people content that is useful to them. Mm -hmm. That sucks, that really sucks. What do you see photographers, filmmakers kind of in the luxury space doing to get around that that still allows you to get content? Um, is there a way around that? Like what, what have you seen in the industry? It really depends on the client. Yeah. Um, I have to be completely honest with an NDA, I would say if you get an NDA, really stop and look at why that NDA is coming forward. Yeah. If you are Beyonce, I get it. If you're not Beyonce, I'm not so sure because 
why do you need an NDA? I understand. I, I it's not that there isn't a reason. There yeah. could be, but it requires more conversation. It cost me money though to honor your NDA. Like yeah. that's like that's my thing. Is like I've talked to Jared. I'm like, I don't want to do that wedding. So, well, and that's the thing is you need to sit – when you get an NDA, I don't think it's just, oh, okay, like we're going to sign this. Yep. I think it – there could be – you might sit there and say, actually, yes, we're going to sign this. Or you might challenge it and say, why is it that we're having an NDA for this event? Uh, we're just private people. We don't really <laughs> – So that type of conversation, <laughs> like for your business, yeah. is important because you might say, okay – I understand that you guys are private people, um, and we we wholeheartedly respect that. With that being said, there might be a cost associated yep. with an NDA because if you are somebody who only does a certain number, Huxley, if Huxley is only doing a certain number of weddings a year and they're all NDAs and you can't share anything from it. That's what happens all the time. Yeah, right. I have yeah my you friends, get into those luxury markets. My friends that work in the like high luxury space some of them now are wise to it. And I'll tell you this, if you're at the top of the industry, a lot of them will no longer do the NDAs mm-hmm. unless you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like, so they'll be like this percentage of celebrity weddings they do. Like, and even then they're like, the, the, the less NDAs now than ever. Like my friend yeah. just did uh, Mark Anthony's wedding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's a marketing piece for Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. That's why he's hiring Sculpting with Time, mm-hmm. right? And so like the entire thing, like, I think you see it less than ever, and most the ones that I think are valid are the ones where they are like politicians, mm-hmm. legal professionals, people who could get like murdered, mm-hmm. like if people knew stuff about them. Yeah, mm-hmm. celebrities that's whack. Like, I do also think there's tears. Like, are there tears of like a full NDA where it's like nothing from this event escapes, like the full Derek Jeter contract, like it never happened to you. So even if you're charging for it, even if you're charging thousands of dollars or a lot of people charge like a percentage now, um, you don't realize how you're affecting your planners or Mm -hmm. the people that you want to network with. And like Mm -hmm. the people that are like, hey, I put all this work in, can I have some of the footage or whatever? And you're like, I can't, I have an NDA. You're screwing people downstream that you know, you want to help. You want to be a good team player. I don't think a lot of filmmakers realize that's what they're doing as well when mm-hmm. they do an NDA. I think I would only do an NDA obvious. now if the planner asked me to do the NDA. Like, if the and if planner the, was saying we have to, we have to. Yes. I understand that. Yes. Like if the planner was like, "Listen, like we want to bring you on because I know that person understands what they're asking me to do, and they're going to get me premium bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not going to like." be just some random person who's like looking through your list of options and going NDA option. I want that one. Yeah. Sign me up. (laughs) And they're also involved. So like if we ended up doing a real, like they can still get the content they want. The couple is like, yeah, we want to give Carrie mm -hmm. something to be able to promote this great work that she's putting in. Like I would say like, I'm not a great filmmaker, Mm -hmm. but I'm really good at marketing. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and like that's to me is like the value I'm bringing a lot of times is like, I want to help this planner book their next client, mm-hmm. right? And I think every filmmaker can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every filmmaker can do that, and, and like that's what I, I would, would say too. Like you're a good listener, and and that applies for to, someone who interrupts people and talks so much. Oh uh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, terrible podcaster, maybe, but <laughs> uh, but good filmmaker because you listen, and that also applies to listening to what everyone's input is planner, photographer, whoever, like you can actually 
listen and do the things people are asking. Remember, and remember, like that's a hard skill for a lot of people who are. Can again, you yes, men set a bunch of camera settings and remember that everything that's happening yeah. and be quick and not be in their way and be invisible, but mm-hmm. also be personal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I think that's what like wedding filmmaking is all about. Um, so Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank you yeah, for, for kind of giving me. us insight into. You know, I, I know a lot of people, your um, level of event is something we're privileged to take part in, and, and I feel lucky that we get to do events like yours. Um, what would you say is kind of a closing shot? Like, if someone's looking to get into, like, maybe they've they've been working in wedding filmmaking a couple years, so the craft is good, right? Mm-hmm. The website isn't embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, all the things that, like, I, I would consider to be don't even bother talking to these people until they're not embarrassed to show their clients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Say they got all that stuff together. Like, what would be somebody's, like, if they want to shoot their shot with, like, a wedding planner? Like, what's a good way to get connected? Like, if they're looking to level up, how do they do that? This is a really good question. I think I think one of the things that I really love when a vendor approaches me, and this goes for a filmmaker as well, would be, an email introduction where you know my name because <laughs> it's in enough places and where basically you can present to me the what you bring to the table, how you feel like you could capture my clients' weddings, take a little bit of time to get to understand. If you, if you look enough, you can see that I'm a private estate intended wedding planner for the most part, or transforming venues, and talk about the angle of which you can provide the level of detail and the level of service that we would need in order to capture the integrity of that event and also the relationships and the emotions of our couples and tell the story. Um, And then I also think if you're, listen, this is, I'm only saying this because filmmakers are listening or watching. if you're going to present something to a planner and say, I'd love to give this to you, talk to them about how they can provide or how you can provide for them. If it's a real, if it's a quick clip or if it's anything that they can, where that filmmaker can basically showcase what that vendor does, what that planner does. If you're going to provide anything like a thing, a deliverable, if it's something that's behind the scenes that that vendor or that planner doesn't feel like they must share, Mm -hmm. it doesn't interfere with a couple's wedding, it doesn't, you know, if it's something that's behind the scenes, to give them the opportunity to work with you, to understand how you operate, to have discussion, that would be a great deliverable to help you kind of get in the door and to allow them the opportunity to really see your work and experience your work. Well, and I, I was going to ask her this. Well, get ready for a hundred emails from yeah. uh, wedding filmmakers. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Don't try to align yourself. Uh, like really truly think yeah. about yourself and your identity and align yourself with those planners that work best. Well, yes, I would say if you, you just listen to the way I described thinking about these events and you said, that sounds horrible. I don't want to think about it in that detail. I just want to blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Don't reach out to these planners. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like like you don't do it. Like no. I actually love their events. I mm-hmm. I come from the event world. Like I love events. Yeah. And like 
Would you say someone reaching out to you saying, hey, I want to do this at a severely discounted price or for free, is that a good tactic reaching out to a wedding planner? I don't think leading with that by yeah. any means. I think it's more established in a relationship. See if, you know, in that first email, if there's something there that there's synergy, there's good alignment, your identity and their identity works together. Yeah. And then if you want to offer something, offer something that's behind the scenes. Are there yes. like planner bars or something where like filmmakers can meet planners? <laughs> <laughs> Speed dating planner, uh, planner filmmaker bars? Yeah. No. Um, uh, oh, it's, I have a, like more of an organic style. Like, what are you into, dude? Oh I can't God. think of something more insufferable to go to. It'd just be a bunch of like... <laughs> We just be telling each other stories all the time. Oh, it'd just be filmmakers too. No, the players would just all be like, "I kind of have a different style." Oh, what's your style? White flowers. Oh. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it! He like rages against white flowers. I like white flowers. I just think it's funny when like everyone thinks what they're doing is really not everyone. They're, a lot of us are self-aware. We know we're like following trends and mm -hmm. we're trying to be as unique as we can, but also we need to be relevant. So I get it, but it is funny, like. Filmmakers too. All of us are like, you know, my style is like, your style is marketable. That's your style. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I sell? Like, if, if people don't want to buy it, it doesn't matter. It's like, I only take pictures of the green parts of flowers because everyone's... <laughs> It's like, what are you oh, that's 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 different and terrible. So good job <laughs> making it stupid. Has anyone ever said that to you? No, people. If someone ever said that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> oh my goodness. No, okay. I, we hang out on Facebook too. You much, would be our, stunned. Our group. Yeah. You would be stunned at the amount of people that say when they see certain things, go, oh, that's all about the planner. I don't want to show that. I'm focusing on the couple. <laughs> You're like, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> I just always say like. So you're poor? Oh, like, it's also someone who's probably never worked with They've never a ever worked with well, – that, that's the real thing is they don't actually know what they're talking about. Also, yeah, yeah. you guys, yeah, white flowers are very common. It's it, like they're, we all are using the same exact ingredients. It's the implementation yes. for sure. of them. So I well, think – And there's a cost issue when it comes to florals where it's like, yeah, maybe you want this one certain unique dusty rose everywhere and it would cost you like – $300,000. I mean, it would cost you the cost of your videographer. <laughs> yes. So I get all that stuff. Um, it's really about like, just give me some height. Oh. Just give me all, some height. Yeah, we got some height. Just yeah. give me some height on those tables. Hide all the crap. But also don't put flowers directly in front of the bride. Mm -hmm. During the toast, mm -hmm. I know we have had this discussion. As long as that we, one's hard. As yeah. long as as long as I can see the couple during toasts, I'm good. Like, and that's yeah. what I mean. Let's just have conversations. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you, guys. Thank it was you. a lot of fun. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you thank for having you. me. I hope it was helpful. Yeah. yeah, it's a value add. I'll close this out uh, to remind everyone to um, go to our Facebook group. Give us a follow over there. Uh, Wedding Film School is one of the largest uh, Facebook communities in the world. Uh, we are international. Um, so make sure you're going over there. Uh, give this podcast. We don't have enough reviews, Jason. Uh, we have more uh, probably comments and, and more people <laughs> critiques maybe, uh, but give this a five star review. You don't have to leave a uh, uh, don't have to leave a review. Just leave the five stars it would be great, um, guys. Thank you for checking out the Wedding Film School show. We'll see you again next week here on the WFS show. Bye.